And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, my little boy. And we've got a couple of my favorite servant leaders on the planet on this show. Donna Marie Saratella, my buddy Kevin Grimes. I just saw him at the ANMP. And I am so happy about Mary, uh, Mary Lou Henner canceling us today. Couldn't have happened better. She was supposed to be on the show. She's on Broadway. She sent us a, a complete litany of excuses as to why she couldn't be on. And they were all legitimate. But it was basically God. Because with what's going on out there with the Bitcoin over the last four or five days, with inflation and all this stuff going on, we need to talk about it because people are scrambling in desperation to anything they think is going to make them money. And that shiny pen, penny syndrome is a terrible idea. Network marketing is hard work. It takes a long time and hopefully it's worth it done right. But at the end of the day, man, I'm telling you what, I'm scared to death for people because I heard some tall tales down in Dallas and I definitely want to make sure every one of you know to go into things with eyes wide open. What do you think about that, Adrian Chenault? I think that it is definitely, <laughs> it's just, we are living through such a crazy time in the world and you just get this sort of feedback loop of that same thing where there's a lot of uh, a lot of shell games, a lot of you know confusion that gets created when that sort of thing's happening. And it's definitely an important topic. So I'm glad we're doing this. So Kevin Grimes works. He's been in the multi-level marketing legal business for a hundred years. And he partnered up with Kevin Thompson. These two guys have changed the world. What I love about them is they're just absolutely diligent about trying to protect distributors and companies against unscrupulous practices to the point that Kevin will quit jobs if he thinks that there's something going on that isn't above board because he doesn't want to go down with the ship any more than anybody else. And Donna Maria is Donna Marie is just I keep doing it to the point they brought when they put a note in front of my face going, Tom, can you please say your name right? But at the end of the day, I mean, I only went to her house and did a podcast next to her swimming pool. So you'd think I'd learn how to pronounce it. And I've been in radio all my life. I'm just a nut. But she's just the queen of compliance. One of the greatest women you're ever going to want to meet in your life. And every company should hire both of these people. Every company should hire both of these people. That's my stand on that. Good to have you aboard. Kevin, starting with you, what's going on, my friend? Wow. Um, well, the ANMP meeting in Dallas, where we got to hang out, was absolutely awesome. So, I, you know, just the, the folks who put that together, I thought, did an, an absolutely spectacular job. Um, you know, Tom, boy, that's such a huge question. You know, where, where to start? We could talk about your close personal friends at the Federal Trade Commission. We could talk about what's going on in the you know cryptocurrency MLM. Uh, we could talk about the current weather in Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, so where, where where would you like to start? Zimbabwe. So at the, <laughs> I want to I want to talk about crypto because both of you are kind of pertinent on that right now. Uh, I know that there's been some things going on where both of you have had a, a pretty quick look recently at some stuff happening compliance wise with some feds and it scared you and it needs to scare us because multi-level marketing and crypto in the same breath don't work. And just talk about that a little bit, both of you, because it's so important. 
Well, Donna Marie, I'll, I'll let you lead off. Well, I, you know, Kevin and I were talking before the show about it and um, he was sharing about how the product doesn't really matter uh, what it is as long oh. as it's done. All right, come on, Kevin. The product doesn't matter as much as the legitimacy of the compensation plan and the actual product. Uh, well, let, let, let me let me clarify that statement. I mean, the, the product definitely does matter tremendously. The product and in particular, the value of the product is absolutely the most important factor in the right. entire MLM equation. My, my point was that, you know, when we talk about attaching or using a multi-level marketing compensation plan to incentivize and reward the people who market and sell a particular product or service. It doesn't really matter what that product or service is. It, it could be something tangible like dietary supplements. It could be something intangible uh, like information, but it certainly has to be legal. Okay. And there are things out there that are legal, but not everybody can sell them. For example, prescription drugs, not every, only pharmacies and pharmacists can sell those things. Securities, only licensed securities brokers can market and offer those things for sale. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to clarify that and, you know, we, we can talk about that, but the bottom line is, is, you know, as long as a product can legitimately be sold in the marketplace and it is a legitimate and viable product, then it, it is possible to, to utilize a multi-level marketing compensation plan to market that. And so, yeah, Tom, you, you want to talk about something controversial? I think we're going to, Definitely going to be doing that this time. Anyway, I yeah, apologize, Don Marie, for interrupting you. We're in the water already. And <laughs> yeah, and what's so crazy is they think the feds are stupid. You know, well, you live in the United States, but let's just get you some sort of entity overseas so you can sign up for this thing. Nobody's going to know. I'm going to make commissions off of you doing it. I mean, everything just smells like federal penitentiary to me. Is it to you guys? Well, I've, you know, I've, I've got one of those unfolding right now. Uh, in fact, when we were in Dallas, uh, I, the, the FBI reached out to me. They're investigating a former client. Uh, I didn't recognize the name at all. So I, you know, I started going through all my records. I, oh, okay. Found them. This was a client I worked with uh, over five years ago. And, uh, you know, when they initially contacted me, they said, no, nope, no, nope, we're not operating in the United States. We're in, you know, these various countries, but not the United States. Okay, fine. Uh, finally, uh, you know, took a look at their program and, you know, had to give them some really, really bad news. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guys, this is a pyramid. This is a Ponzi scheme. Your program violates federal securities laws. Don't offer it. You can't come to the United States. You know, the, the program just won't work here. Well, shortly thereafter, I found out that they lied to me and they were operating in the United States. So, you know, had to tell them, you got to shut this down immediately. You've got to make full refunds to everybody in the United States. And you've got to completely wind this program down. And I gave them a week to do it. Uh, you're probably not going to believe this, but they didn't shut the program down. I fired them. I wrote a 40 plus page opinion letter to document what was wrong. I did that on my nickel. They, they didn't pay for it. Uh, but, you know, just did that to memorialize, uh, you know, what was wrong with the program. And, and we parted company and, you know, I certainly didn't, uh, you know, keep tabs on them, but evidently they've continued to operate for the last five years. And now, at least according to the FBI and the U S department of justice, they were a $300 million plus Ponzi scheme. So, yeah, I think you're right. Somebody's going to be wearing some striped pajamas because they 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 wouldn't listen. It's damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. We're going forward with this program. 
Mm-hmm. Where it's just, you just have no idea who, you know, for me to go do that myself, you know, it's, you know, buyer beware. I can do that. I mean, I can go get in a terrible deal and I can make a bad decision knowing that I might have to pay the consequences. What's troubling for me is taking people with me. And I look mm-hmm. back on how many companies uh, like Zeke Rewards, where just so much absolute horror, horror came out of that. People went to jail. People got clawed back. They thought they were in a good deal. They're all going, we didn't know this was this or this was that. And it was true. But they still got clawed back. They still had to hire attorneys. And I'm just begging all of you, no matter what, if it's really tricky and really complicated and you can't figure out what the hell it is, you probably shouldn't be doing it because it's just a, it's too complicated. I'm not, you know, I'm in a, you know, I can't figure out half of this stuff, these DeFi's and all this Bitcoin and all this crazy stuff that are tied and it goes around the block and then watching what happened over the last couple of days with the Celsius, it went down a couple just so much yesterday and now it popped up about noon today and these people are all dancing in the aisles acting like they sold high then they bought back old and it's just wrong and instead of doing that instead of becoming a financial advisor because you dropped out of high school and became a multi-million dollar earner in network marketing why don't you stick to that instead of going out and telling people how to do something that you really don't understand in the first place. Let's do what we're good at, which is network marketing, right, Donna? Absolutely. I think you got to get back to the good old school network marketing. And some of these new programs are just, they're out there. I, I worked with a client that I also fired that, you know, had a program that was completely out there and just, all the way to the wall they were going and they hadn't gotten a compensation plan that was even uh, approved by an attorney yet. And they were going because you got to get in, you got to get in. And everybody's so crypto quick, uh, you know, God forbid they're going to miss something. So, well, the top, oh, I'm sorry, don't worry. Tom, let me, let me, yeah, let me just add to a great point that you made. You know, some of these things are incredibly complex, and 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 that is a huge red flag. If you can't absolutely, positively, clearly track the money from where it enters the company and where it exits the company, run away. Okay, with a legitimate multi-level compensation plan, you can see that it's absolutely sales-based. Okay, company sells product X for this amount of money. You know, here's how those sales proceeds are split up. And you can clearly track it all the way through the process. If you can't do that with a purported compensation plan, run away. Yeah, terrible. Donna, Marie, were you, what, do you want to say anything? Is this is going to complicate? You guys are just way over my head. I don't understand <laughs> anything that's going on here. <laughs> it is tricky stuff, though. And supposedly network marketing is about creating duplication at the lowest common denominator. And it hasn't gone to that. I mean, it. you've got so many things out there that are so complicated, so tricky, but the herd mentality signing up for it, thinking that they're part of this big wave, and it is, but it turns into a tidal wave or a tsunami, and that gets dangerous, and the wrong people get hung by the neck because, you know, they, it was money they didn't have to invest. You know, most of, I was with some people down in uh, Dallas, and they go, oh, no, everybody we talk to, everybody we talk to, has lots of money and nobody's putting money in that they can't afford to lose. And that's hogwash. It might be your first tier, 
But then that second, third, 500th tier, it's getting down to guys like me that can't afford to lose 20 bucks. And that's, that's where it gets to. Well, if they're putting money in, that's a, that's a red flag right there. You don't put, a, you don't invest money in a legitimate multi-level marketing program. Now there, there certainly can be expenses. Okay. But this concept of an investment where, Hey, I just hand over a bunch of cash to this company. That's highly problematic too. Uh, you know, that starts to sound like a security. Uh, which again, their securities are perfectly legal as long as they're registered with the SEC, as long as they're sold by, you know, licensed securities brokers. You know, let's talk about that on the other side. We're going to go to a break. Yeah. This is the Genesis Communication Network. This is Adrian Chenault. I'm Tom Chenault. We are not brothers. And <laughs> thank you, Ted Anderson, for keeping us on the air all these years. We'll be back right after this. Thank you so much for listening. It's a very short break, so stick around. All right, we're out. Would you let me ask a question? For I know it. I'm good. God, you're man. terrible. <laughs> your tongue get in there. <laughs> All right. So this is just a, we're a quick 30 second reset. What that is a break for when they put the commercials out on radio, when we run it out this weekend and then we'll be back on. So we'll be back in about 10 seconds. And I want to talk. So Kevin, I want to talk about some of the distinctions of what is and isn't permissible in this world. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people have questions about. And we're back. It is Tom Chenault. It is Adrian Chenault. It's Donna Marie Saratella. And it is the fabulous Kevin Grimes, who, by the way, is unbelievable. He's got 35 kids. I mean, how many people do you know that have 35 kids? That's a lot. You know, that guy has been busy all his life adopting underprivileged people all over the world. One of the great people I know, Donna Maria <laughs> Donna Marie did me a favor of epic promotion. She sent me a gift out of the sky blue, so close to my heart that I literally started crying. That's these two people right here. Adrian, what do you want to know? So, Kevin, I, you know, I think this there's a, a lot of companies out there. You know, there's crypto. There's also Forex and financial services. There's a lot of things that are, you know, especially to the untrained eye, might look somewhat similar. And so, you know, there's mining, there's trading advice, there's all these different things out there in the marketplace. Can you help to make some sense of, you know, if there's a financial thing out there, what is, you know, permissible and allowable out there? And where does it start? To, you know, I, I think that follow the money thing is a great rule of thumb. What are some other things to help somebody that might be looking at a company like this to make an evaluation of whether they're dipping the toe into something that they really shouldn't be doing? Yeah, that's a great question. And and part of the answer is it, uh, you know, on, on certain pieces, it's difficult to know, uh, you know, for example, you know, hey, what's what's the regulatory status of cryptocurrency or Forex? Um, but, you know, we, we start with the, the, you know, the initial litmus test that all the regulators and courts use is, is this a, is this a viable, legitimate product or service? Will this product or service sell in an open market if there's no MLM compensation plan attached to it? And of course, you know, the, the only thing that motivates people to buy under those circumstances is, is the intrinsic value of that product or service. If the intrinsic value is not there, you know, just out of the box, that company's in trouble. Okay. Because the reason that's so significant from a legal perspective is if the value proposition is poor or non-existent, it's going to be very difficult for that program to ultimately ultimately be sales based. Well, if it's not ultimately sales based, then there's only one other option, and that is that it's recruitment 
based. And so, you know, already the company's on the slippery slope down to do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, go straight to jail. So that's the first thing. Is this a, a viable product or service that is a reasonable value in, in the marketplace? If not, you know, probably, probably not a good thing. The, the second thing, and like, like we just talked about is you, you got to follow the money. There has to be a, an absolutely crystal clear path of the entrance of the money into the company and its exit into the hands of distributors. If that's veiled, hidden, clouded or whatever, that's a huge, huge red flag. But if you can trace it clearly and, and if it's, you know, predominantly sales based, okay, that's a good thing. The, the regulatory analysis is really twofold. What the regulators and courts do is they look at the program as it's set forth on paper and ask the question, you know, from where does compensation flow? Is this a robbing Peter to pay Paul thing? otherwise known as a Ponzi scheme. The problem with Ponzi schemes is they have to hide the, the money path because if people could clearly see it, most people would recognize it as a Ponzi scheme. So that's, that, that's why not having a clear path is such a, a massive red flag. Um, but the other part is, um, is what I call the operational analysis. What are the day-to-day operational realities of the program because you can start off with a program that on paper looks legitimate but the operational realities whether it's how the company promotes or operates operates it or how the field promotes it can turn a legitimate program into something absolutely illegal and then of course there are all sorts of issues associated with the regulatory status of this thing so for example if folks are out there offering investment advice about cryptocurrency or forex does that cause the program to fall within the purview of federal and state securities laws? Uh, it, it, it certainly could. Again, it depends upon the, you know, the precise facts that are involved. But, you know, unfortunately, these are a lot of things that a lot of entrepreneurs in this space play very, very fast and loose about. And some of them just flat out do not listen like, you know, that former client that I got the call from F the FBI or Zeke Rewards is another really sad example. Of, of a company that would not listen to either of its lawyers. Crazy. Donna Maria, we got a couple of minutes left. What do you think? Well, I, I think that Kevin's right. You've got to watch the, the, the two factors. The operational realities is what I see. When I'm working with a compliance department, I see the owners uh, playing fast and loose with the rules. And if they're not willing to set up a compliance department and hold their distributors accountable for what they say on social media and, uh, you know, in business opportunity meetings, you know, then there's a problem. You've got to have a compliance department. You have to have monitoring. You have to have enforcement. Um, you know, you, you've got to live by those policies and procedures. And if the owner is just willy nilly, not willing to, to, to hold his, their people accountable, then you've got problems with this program. All right, we got to take another break. That's the problem with real radio, AM radio, 550 stations throughout the world on the Genesis Communication Network is that they do have commercials. We just don't put them in on this part of the show. We do it for Saturday when it's on the big stove. But we're coming back right after this. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. Good job. Thank you. We'll come. We'll, let's pick that back up, Donna Marie, because I think that's a that's a big one in talking about, you know, that internal, the operational side of things and how to be thinking about this as a distributor, I think is really key. I like Jordan's question. Jordan asked a question in the chat that was real interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll pull that up. That's a that Jordan Belfort. 
No, I think it was Jordan. <laughs> we are back. It's Tom Chenault, and it is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And I just was very funny during the break, and I apologize for that. But anyway, Jordan Adler did ask a brilliant question. We're going to try to find it so we can put it back up there. And we'll talk about that in a second because that's very, very important. Those of you that think you're getting away with this, I have to say this because the name of the company is in my brain and it will go and I don't have a pen. But I'll never forget when all my friends were hounding around on their wives through that thing called Ashley Madison, where you went in there and you found these girls and you could do all kinds of goofy stuff. And it was 100% confidential. And a lot of my friends took that bait. And all of a sudden, guess what? They published the list and it wasn't confidential at all. And the divorce lawyers got rich. And it's a little bit like all of the people out there that keep telling me that their lawyers and their tricks to not get caught for taking money, for recommending investments without being a registered security or you being a securities advisor. I mean, it's just suicide. You work so hard for your big check to go out there and do something to make a couple of bucks. Don't just don't do it. Don't if it smells, don't do it. Anything could too good to be true is too good to be true. And I'm just telling you all that. And you got to look between the lines because I'm telling you, I just don't want to see any of my friends ending up in the Ashley Madison popcorn popper. So that's enough said there. What, what did you, what were you want to talking about? What, what, what? That's the real. That's the real good question from Jordan Adler. Well, he's not uh, married, so he wasn't. Jordan Belfort. Yeah, remember Jordan Belfort was the guy from Wolf of Wall Street. That's why I said that during the break. So I was acting like he was on here, and I, I interviewed him one time, and it was like the worst interview I ever had because I just thought he was such a despicable human being for what he did with no remorse to investors, similar to what's going on now, and the fact that when he did get caught went to jail, got out of jail with this huge amount of restitution, didn't pay it. And that bothered me. And now he's doing public speaking and everybody thinks he's a great guy. But I still think he ought to take that money and pay back those innocent people that he hosed. A lot like what happens in network marketing. So actually, that was a very good segue, Mr. Jordan Adler. And uh, take it away, Donna Murray. Go back to what you were talking about. Um, well, we were talking about the operational realities and having uh, a functional um, compliance department, but there's a whole lot more of those that, that I'm sure Kevin can address. And I'm really curious to hear the answer to Jordan Adler's question, because I've been getting this question from folks and I'm not hundred percent sure how to answer it. So Kevin, what do you think about Jordan's question? Okay. Repeat it for the, for our friends on the radio. Okay. So uh, yeah, Jordan has asked a superb question. What happens when the company is based overseas and compensation is paid in digital currency. How are they regulated? Well, Jordan, I, I've got to make some assumptions about your question. So uh, even though they may be based or located in another country, I'm going to assume that they're operating in the United States, that they uh, they have distributors here, they're engaged in you know sales and marketing efforts here in the United States. Okay. So under those, under those facts, that company is doing business in the United States. And individuals who are involved with that company are, you know, if let's, let's just assume for the sake of discussion that that program does violate uh, state and federal securities laws and, and anti-pyramid laws. So both the company and any individuals who are involved in promoting that program are, are guilty of viol violating the law. It doesn't matter where the company's based. The company could be based on another planet. 
that's a non-issue. The issue is that they are doing business here. Therefore, the United States has jurisdiction over them and every individual who's involved in promoting the program here in the United States. The fact that they pay in digital currency, non-issue. Uh, the United States is really good about going and grabbing assets of any kind, you know, tangible fiat currency, uh, you know, cryptocurrency anywhere in the world. And they've been really good at doing that uh, for decades. So, yeah, I guess that's the short answer to that. Okay, so what you said was interesting to me. Not only the company, but anybody that promotes that company. So yeah. that would be circuit speakers. That would be people out there on their stages. They're just as liable as the company. If they, if they bring somebody in to speak and that person promotes that company, it's mm -hmm. the same. I mean, they're just, and the attorneys and the accountants, all those people for that matter. The minute it is that you, you are liable. Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, uh, I mean, the, you know, the regulators have been going after top distributors or, you know, the, well, yeah, top distributors in, in programs for years. Uh, the FTC versus uh, Burn Lounge case would be a good example of that. FTC versus C Silver, uh, many many years ago. I mean, these are all you know matters of public record. Uh, sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not shy. Uh, they you know did the same thing uh, in, in the Vima case in terms of going after you know top distributors. That is scary stuff, man. Is it worth it? That's what you have to ask. Is the juice worth the squeeze? And, you know, you're going out there and putting your reputation on the line on something that you really don't understand because your best friend's making money. Right. Seriously. No. If you can't figure it out, don't do it. You do not want to go to the Gray Bar Hotel. I do not believe that. You don't. It's scary there. Don't you think, Donna Marie? I do. I do. And I think people, you know, I... I'm working right now to put together a viral campaign. And one of the outcomes is uh, the seven things you need to know before joining a network marketing program. And people just constantly ask me, what is it you need to know? What is it you need to know? And people go into these things just because their best friend says exactly what you said, Tom, you know, get in, we're making money. You're going to make a million dollars. It's, it's not all that simple. And people need to get educated. So, you know, my soapbox would be get educated about the industry, about the legal uh, issues, get educated so that you'll be able to make an intelligent decision, not just listen to your neighbor's brother's cousin who's making $10,000 a month and you've got to get in on this deal. Yeah. Well, it, it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, you know, it's hard enough. It, it's hard to get to the top of one of these things. And so wouldn't you rather choose one that you're not constantly looking over your shoulder, praying that the feds aren't going to shut the thing down any minute? Like that's, that's the thing for me, right? Like this show is called legacy leadership. We're about creating things that have lasting impact. And so if you're building inside of something that is so new, so unproven, so edgy that it's constantly at risk of being shut down, you know, you don't have to look very far to see the graveyard of MLM companies of all different stripes that haven't made it. Pick something that has some staying power from a demographic perspective, from a product offering perspective. You know, there's there's a lot of factors here. And if you're really about, ha you know, having this conversation about the power of the network marketing model, that is inside of the power to create residual income, the power of building something that's going to last that your kids could take over and 
betting that on something that's so new and that is, you know, regulatory at risk and all this stuff, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, you guys, you guys are speaking my love language because I think this was probably about 20 years ago. This is really going to date things. I cut a tape series called what to look for and what to look out for in multi-level marketing. And you're going to pass out when I tell you it's about two and a half hours long, but the whole point was to be able to help people to differentiate between a scam and a legitimate MLM program. Okay. And then as between legitimate MLM programs, how do you tell the difference between an exceptional one, an average one, you know, and a, and a sub average one. And you know, the, the average person just doesn't know. And you know, Tom, you and I should probably sit down and probably dust that thing off, redo yeah. it and uh, get out there because that's the thing. If, if people don't know, and, and there, you know, millions, so many millions of people who get involved in, in network marketing every year and millions who get involved in scams and Ponzi schemes and pyramids and they don't know it until it's too late. But yeah, so there, and I never did anything with it, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a need. And to your point about the cost, it's not just the big leaders. You know, one of the points that I like to make is that I would, I would submit the non-economic costs are far more serious. And you know, for example, how do you put a value on having no one in your family trust you? Okay? Yeah. Or having, you got him involved in that scam, you know, last year or having no one in your family to talk or you know, having none of your friends talk with you. Uh, the the non-economic costs are just unbelievable. A couple of months ago, Bitcoin hit $68,000 and everybody was in by everybody had said they bought crypto down Bitcoin way way lower. Then it went down to 55 and everybody's going, I've done the charts, needs to be bought right now. Went down to 45. Now I've done the charts again. Needs to be bought 35, 25. When, when are you going to figure out they don't know what they're talking about? It's just a, it's a crapshoot with other people's dreams. And when you've got the price of the product, if this business is tough enough, it's a hard business. Make no mistake, it's a hard business. But I love the fact that with most of the companies, the product never breaks. The trouble with these financial things is the product continues to break. And as a result, there is blood in the streets on a variable you had no control over. If you've got a great comp plan on this shoulder, you got a great product over here, you got a great company behind you, the only variable is you. And if that doesn't break, it's going to probably be okay. And you can train yourself and learn yourself. But when you're doing all this other stuff, man, you are absolutely looking for trouble and you're going to get your face ripped off. That's that simple. And we are in an economy right now where people are desperate to talk to you. Don't rip their faces off, right? Right. I agree with, <laughs> I agree with me. <laughs> oh, Sorry about that rant, everybody. That's all right. It's it, the truth. We know you have a little bit of passion. I do. I love this profession. I don't want to see it sullied and I don't have the brains. God gave a crowbar. So if you call me for advice on health, just look at me. If you call me on advice <laughs> about crypto, I don't have any advice, but when it comes to hope and love, I got a doctorate. And that's what I'm going to try to do is give you some hope and some love. That's that simple. And, it, you know, I think it really, it, if it really comes down to staking your reputation, which whether you realize it or not, you are. And so it doesn't mean you have to get everything right. It doesn't mean that everything that you ever do is going to work out. And at the same time, if you are 
you know, if you have this pattern of constantly sort of flirting with these things that are dangerous and you're that you become known as that person that is, you know, always on to the next shiny thing that then fizzles out and you know, you're just, you're, you're on that treadmill. You're not, you're, you're never going to get anywhere because it's going, you're going to have burned out your ability to bring people in that are going to follow you to anywhere. And sooner or later that, that jig is going to be up. And so that's why this topic is so important. That's why compliance is not some, you know, thing that we should, you know, just pay lip service to and not treat as important as it is because this is an industry that is going to be regulated and we can either choose to regulate ourselves or you're going to see a lot of heat coming from the outside and that's bad for everybody when it goes that way. So we got another segment coming up here on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Legacy Leadership Show. We've got Kevin Grimes and Donna Marie Saratella and we will be back right after this. And Kevin has to take one of his 35 kids somewhere. So he may jump out of the chair <laughs> and make a break for it. The next break is very, very short, Kevin. So we will okay. get here on time. But if you have to, if you have to split, we understand it. And then we'll keep yep, Donna Murray after, after the show a little bit. Because I'm okay. telling you what, you want your company to stay in business. These things take a long time to build. And you don't want a company making a mistake and taking you down. Yeah, We're coming back. Bolt. But yeah, love you guys. Talk soon. And we are back. It is Tom Chenault. Oh, we dropped him like a hot potato. All right. It's Tom Chenault. It's just Donna, Tom, and Adrian. Now this is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And uh, it's good to have It It really is. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we have a lot of of field leaders that watch this show, people that have built big businesses that are leading a lot of people and that have influence over the the field and, and maybe even influence upstream to the the leadership of their organizations. And so Donna and Marie, what do you see as some things that leaders really need to be thinking about and coaching their people on in order to make sure that they're doing everything they can to keep their business in the right kind of position? Okay. Um, I think that it's, it's super important for companies to educate their leaders on the things that are right and wrong. The company has a responsibility because whatever that independent distributor does or says falls back on the brand of the company. So education is the key. The company has got to educate the independent distributors on how to do it right. If you're looking at a company, I say, look at the owner, look at the owner, Google the owner, find out have they been in three different programs that have all gone down in flames. Uh, are they uh, respectable in the industry? Do they carry a good name uh, for themselves? Tom, you know, people that have started multiple programs and you know, you got to wonder when you see them start another program. So before you get in, you need to consider like Kevin was talking about the product, the product is instrumental, the, then look at it, the, who owns the business, who's behind this business, how have they been successful in the past? And then looking at the education, you know, the legal compliance issues can get a company in so much hot water and they'll call me in to ask about how to set up a compliance department after a company has been in business for like three or four years and they have no compliance department. 
they're not holding any of their distributors responsible for what they do or say. So there's a lot of things that you can see from the outside looking in and you've got to see those things uh, like it's a clue, you know, like if you're getting married to someone and they're misbehaving or having bad behavior before you get married, what's it going to be like after you get married? So look at the whole picture before you sign on the dotted line. So what is compliance? I mean, you're tough as nails and this is not going to be an answer people want to hear. What should these companies, they should hire you for one, but what oh, should yes, these companies, that. that's true. <laughs> and they should have like a mandatory training compliance department that's live 24 seven, that is not only protecting the company, but protecting the distributor. And it should be like standard operating procedure instead of, oh, we got a letter from the FTC. We better play like we've got compliance. It should mm -hmm. be right now. It should be relevant. And it should be important to the people in the field, as well as the companies to keep everybody in business, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are things that the compliance department are responsible to have, like a standard operating policy. They had compliance departments have to have this SOP manual that says how the company is going to deal with uh, bad, bad behavior, rule breakers. And if you don't have a standard operating procedure and you don't have a compliance department, then you treat everybody unequally and it's, it's not fair. You're going to have trouble down the road. So having an active compliance department is the key. And when I say compliance, I mean where you've got education going on to prevent issues. You've got monitoring to catch things that our people are doing that are incorrect. And then you have to have enforcement. You can't just monitor and not enforce what's going on in the field. So those are the components that I believe make up a compliance department, a healthy compliance department. Talk about enforcement one more time, because that's, we just don't do that. And all you need to do, if you go to Singapore and you decide to shoplift, they cut your hand off. <laughs> I don't know if that's true anymore or not, but at the end of the day, that's, what we have to do yeah well, we have to hold people accountable that you know it's just not right to let people get away with income claims that are so outrageous that you know they're promising people they're going to earn within the first three months or they're uh showing uh ten thousand dollar a month paychecks or um the lifestyle claims are unbelievable and right now those kinds of claims are making it on the hot list for the regulators. So, yeah. you know, you've got to watch out for all these different claims that people are making. You've got to look at product claims. Oh boy, people are saying that CBD cures, treats and heals everything under the sun. You know, we're worried about crypto programs, but what about those CBD programs that literally say they treat, cure and heal a long list of diseases? I so, think those people are smoking dope. <laughs> That's okay mel atwood anybody that it, there's a lot of comments with this mel atwood he's an absolute expert in this space one of the brightest guys i know uh i don't like hanging out with him because i can't understand a word he says but he's really really brilliant he talked about companies getting ahead of the technology curve because one of the complaints from old network marketers is that their companies have gotten stale and they didn't keep up. So they're going to go join this new company. And Mel, you're hundred percent right on that. And companies, please 
please update and stay with the times so people don't have to join the junkie companies. So we're going to be back at, who do we have next week? Do we have any idea? I forgot, but it'll be awesome. Whoever it is. It might be Larry and Taylor, is it? tell you in two seconds yeah it might be larry and taylor thompson larry and taylor thompson we are going to bring the rain on that you want to be listening to it we off the air we're coming we got 10 seconds so we'll be back next week with larry and taylor thompson it's the legacy leadership show thank you so much donna marie saratella stick around for a minute after the show thanks everybody i still have my crown you gave me good you should wear it every once in a while I will. <laughs> so she invites me down to her house in Arizona. In where was that? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah. And she says, let's do an interview by the pool. It was like five degrees below zero. So we're by the pool, but we're both freezing to death. And I had the little crown on and I looked adorable, you know, because my face is already so thin and that crown just may really made it look emphasized beautifully. But uh, you are one of a kind young lady and Kathy Rickley's mother still living with you. Sure is, sure is. Remember when she brought me the bacon and eggs, man? She just walked out and said, "You got to eat this." I go, "I'm not eating this because you know I wanted pancakes or something in 15 minutes. I wanted to go to Cracker Barrel or something, Pepper Mill." But she was adorable, and the people around you that love you, it's epic. And I just want to thank you for being who you are for this profession because you are a rock star, young lady. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's always good to see you, Adrian. Contact mapping. Go, go, go. Oh, yeah. We forgot about contact mapping. <laughs> Our sponsor. All right. Well, we love you. Everybody have a great day out there. And uh, just just be smart. That's all I ask. You can do the crypto, but don't take people with you because you don't know what you're talking about because no one does. Nobody knows if it's going up or down. So stay out of that pond in multi-level. Go ahead and spend your own money. If you're going to recommend it, recommend it with your heart, not your pocketbook, because you're getting paid five bucks on the side because they're going to come and say, how come you took five bucks? It wasn't a registered security and you're going to end up in trouble. So just be smart. That's all I'm asking you to do. This business is tough enough without you breaking a law and having to hire lawyers. So thank you all very, very much. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.